Welcome to the Destiny Church and Throne podcast. We pray this stirs you into a deeper relationship with Jesus and equips you to live a heaven on earth lifestyle daily. Enjoy. And and the Lord's been kind of shaping um, some things in me. And I just, last night I was talking with the Lord and I was like, Lord, uh, what's on your heart for this morning? And I'm going to talk about uh, the church. And I thought it was so cool because we talked about Sons and daughters, we talked about the bride, and now we're going to talk about the church. We're going to talk about the body of Christ. And I want to talk about it from the sense of each and every one of us and each and every one of you and what the Bible says biblically that we're called to live out to be the body on the earth, right? To be the governing church, the ecclesia, the governing body of Christ on the church. And I want to start, um, I want to start from Acts chapter 2, and that's what we're just going to talk about. What is the church? What is the local governing body look like, right? So look to your left. Now look to your right. That's the body. This is the church, okay? This is you. And guess what? We all look different. We all, nobody, like, like we're all different. We all have different attitudes and different talents and different characteristics and different skin color. And we, we, we like, we're, we're all different. And I want to show you just how beautiful that is in the eyes of the Lord for being a governing body for a city. Okay? So Acts chapter 2, it's uh, one of my favorites. Um, Trent had said something um, uh, a while ago when I first met him. And one of the things that he said is that every church in some way should look something like the Acts church. And I was like, that's so on point. In some way, hello? In some way or another... (laughs) The, the, the church should look like what we see in the book of Acts, okay? Um, Acts chapter 2, verse 42 says this. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals and in prayer, okay? So I want you to, as I'm reading this, I want you to envision the person that's next to you. I want you to envision this house, uh, Destiny Church, um, and, and, and I want you to envision what it looks like. So, so think about this. All believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. So in other ways, all the members of that body devoted themselves to what their shepherd or shepherds released and taught and discipled. Okay? So, so this is what Acts is telling us, that all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. So they devoted themselves to their leadership's teaching. And, and you know, how many know that we have ma- amazing pastors here that are seeking the face of God for this house and for each and every one of you? None of them get paid. <laughs> None of them get paid, right? They, they, are, they are hungry for Jesus, and they're hungry to see you called and fulfilled. That's why the name of this church is Destiny Church. It wasn't just because it sounded cool. Like, Destiny Church, because we believed that when this thing was launched, it was going to help people align and live in their destiny and who they were called to be on the earth, Okay. And so all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals and to prayer. Hallelujah. That's why we eat so much here. It's biblical. A deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. Each and every one of you has an anointing to see healing and to see miracles and signs and wonders, not because you're amazing, but because you follow King Jesus, right? Okay, so there it is. So a deep sense of awe came over them all as the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. So on Sunday mornings, what do we do? We congregate at 3423 Martin Street. This is where we, this is where we come together in one place, right? 
On Thursdays when we meet midweek, where do we meet? We meet right here. When we do Monday prayer, we meet here. Whenever we eat and we feed the city, we meet here. So just like Acts 2 is telling us that, that, that it says they all met together in one place and shared everything they had. This is another beautiful thing I love about the local body is that there is a sense of family that says you're not going to go without. And I can tell you, like, behind the scenes, so many amazing people that make sure people in the congregation don't go without. If there's a need, we will do everything needed and necessary to make sure that members of this house do not go without. Okay? That's the church. It's not, let me make sure I get my part so that it's like, oh, hey, sorry about you. I'm just going to pray for you. If there's a church member that is in need of something, I know firsthand there have been people who have met the needs to make sure that person did not go without. It says they sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those that are in need. This is in your giving. So I've had the question come up quite a few times over these past few weeks of, uh, do we do a tithe and offering? Yes, and I just forget sometimes. Uh, so forgive me, I'll remember, but there's a red bucket. David, hold up that red bucket. There it is. It's got stickers on it. Um, uh, we believe in tithe and offering, okay? We do believe in you giving. Um, I can tell you, I, like, me and, me and, you can tell, me and my wife, we love giving. And portions of what you give to this church not only go to this city, but it goes to other churches around the world that we sow into as well. Okay, so when we see they sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need, I believe there is going to come a time where in a great measure, we're going to see God call us to do some crazy things. They're going to be obedient. And it's like, whoa, God, that's pretty tough. You're telling me to sell my car and give that money to the orange table or you're telling me to sow that money into this ministry or that ministry. Whoa. Right. But he's calling us to do that. I believe there's going to be some crazy times when that happens. Like like right now, it may be like kind of small. But I believe that it's going to come to a time where there's going to be a stretch of faith where just like we see here, they sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. That's not just something they're doing to do it. That's fellowship in the body of Christ. Amen. It's a declaration that we are not entangled or held down by the spirit of mammon. Right. Finances don't run the kingdom of God. OK. Jesus does. Amen. It says that they worship. Oh, yeah. And back on that tithe and offering, we believe in it. It's there um, 100 percent. And, and, and you give. I believe that there is a blessing as you give your 10 percent, your tithe, but even your offering and everything that you're giving. Like we see here, that's part of the local church body. You're giving to feed people who haven't eaten in days. You're filling up a pantry for people to come by that our families are going without groceries. Right. You're going to make sure that we have an air condition and you're going to make sure that we have lights on and all these different things. And so you're doing things to keep this place where we meet together running and operational. So as you give, this is what you're giving to. I'm telling you, nobody takes anything. Me and my wife, Pastor Dave, Pastor Marissa, nobody takes like, hey, here's your cut. Here's your cut here. It doesn't work like that. OK, um, but what you give is going to make sure that people in our city are not going without. OK, so. Hallelujah. Uh, it says they worshiped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all people. And each day the Lord added to the church, added to their fellowship, those who were being saved. I believe that sometimes what we miss in the body is that we just want a bunch of people to come into the door without any means of fellowship. 
without any means of family or without any means of actually getting to know the people that are walking through that doorway. Okay? Has anybody ever worked for a fast food chain? They don't care about you. You leave, they're going to hire, and I, I, I mean that very nicely and sweet, right? Like, I love Taco Bell and stuff, don't get me wrong. But, like, you leave, they don't care, right? Like, you know, it's not like, oh, when you're here, you're family type thing. Like, no, like, you leave, you're out of there, you're gone, right? And so, like, they don't even get to know you. It's just another person through the door so they can make sure that you're doing what you're doing. And I believe a lot of times in the church, we forget what Acts talks about, that you are called to share meals, that you're called to fellowship, that you're called to get to know one another. This is what shows us of how the church was added to daily. The church was added to whenever they were building family. I'm going to keep going in this. Um, Before all this happens in Acts chapter 2, I want to share something with you that's very profound. And this happens at the beginning of Acts 2 before we see the church coming together, uh, sharing of meals. Um, And by the way, sharing meals and supper is in here like 18 times. So hallelujah. Hallelujah. uh, they worshiped together, they, they had supper, they shared meals. Anyway, um, in, uh, in Acts chapter 2, okay, this is what it says. So this is what I want us to grab as well. Um, at the time of Acts chapter 2 happening in the Holy Spirit, in the day of Pentecost, devout Jews from every nation were living in Jerusalem. Okay, so devout Jews in every, hey, Caitlin. De- what up, Caitlin? Devout Jews, hey everybody, this is Caitlin and Jeremy, we love y'all. Uh, <laughs> Devout Jews from every nation were here living in Jerusalem. Now this is what someone says, they said, here we are, I'm going to mess up some of these names, give me grace. The Parthians, the Medes, the Elamites, people from Mesopotamia, Judea, Pontus, the province of Asia, uh, Pamphylia, Egypt, Libya, Cyrene, Rome, Crete. Uh, Arabs, it goes on and on about all these different people that were there. And it says, as they were praying in tongues, being filled with the Holy Spirit, we hear all these people speaking in our own language the wonderful things God has done. So this guy lists off like 10 different cities of all these people. When you have a local church, you have to understand that not all of us are from the same backgrounds. Not all of us are from the same place, which is why in a local church, there must be grace with one another. You guys follow me on this? Because we're not all in the same, we're not all in the same place. Like there are vastly different people and cultures, even in Acts chapter 2 that we read about. They're like each and every one of us, we come from a different upbringing. There's a different culture in the way that we were raised, right? There's a different culture in the way that we worship. Maybe we sing different, we worship different, right? But at the same time, we're all in the family. We're all in this tribe. We're all in this governing local body. And if you call Destiny Church your home, I'm telling you, have grace with each other. We, we need that. Have grace with each other. I, I, I want to I read a few more things to you in that. The church is a group of people who are loving Jesus, devoting themselves to proper teaching and living a lifestyle of love and obedience to Jesus. So we're all from different backgrounds, but we all have one thing in common, and that's the way that we're pursuing Jesus. Amen? All of us. I'm not asking Miss D to be like me. I'm not asking, Mathen's not asking uh, Tracy to be like him. Dave is not saying, hey, worship the way I do or do it like this or else you're doing it wrong. It's not happening like that. We're all bringing something different to the table, but in a local church, it takes every single one of us to fulfill the great commission for our city, for our Jerusalem. 
I love uh, uh, overseas mission trips. I love that kind of stuff. That stuff's amazing. We pray. We sow into overseas ministries. But I, I am focused, and this house is focused, on our Jerusalem, on our Orange County. Right? And it takes each and every one of us in the way that we are created to be able to do exactly what God has called us to do. This is why it's important for us to say yes to what God has called us to do. Right? I know they've been teaching the youth about comparison. Comparison is nasty when you are not confident in who God has called you to be. Comparison will break you when you're not confident in who God has called you to be. And what we read in the book of Acts is that in the church, you have to be graceful and patient with the person sitting next to you. Because they have something. Andrea has a call on her life that Devin needs for him to be able to grow and for this church to grow. And I'm going to prove that to you here as we close up. Um, so I know that, that it, uh, I want to read this really quick, is that love and honor is needed in the body of Christ. Love and honor is needed in the church. This is why division tries its absolute hardest to creep its way in into a church when there's moves of God that are happening. I've heard some crazy testimonies of amazing moves of God that were happening, revival stuff that was happening that was crushed because of division. I once heard a pastor was sharing a story. David and I went to lunch with him about, it was back in the, I think, early 90s in the city of Vider, uh, churches of all denominations were meeting frequently worshiping, crying out, like all different, all different religions and denominations, the Baptists, the Catholics, they were all coming together, and they were going after God's heart. And, and the pastor told us, he's an older gentleman, he spent many years with the Lord, he said, Johnny, it looked like we were on the brink of true revival in our city. Well, pastor, what happened? Well, the worship team started getting upset that they couldn't lead certain services. Wait, what? Well, we want to worship like this. We want to lead like this. Well, can my team lead? Can we play this? Can my guitarist do this? And guess what happened? It imploded. Division got in. And so when we are living a lifestyle of saying, yes, love and honor is at the forefront for each and every one of us. Love and honor is going to go a long way. You guys hear me on this? Love and honor, and honor is not just with the lips. This is why the Lord tells us that he knows when our lips are close, but our hearts are far. Honor is not lips. I'm going to read 1 Corinthians 12, 18. It says, but our bodies have many parts, and God has put each part just where he wants it. He's talking about the body here, not just our physical body. How strange a body would be if it only had one part. Yes, there are many parts, but only one body, right? So this arm for me, is connected to this arm that is part of my body. Amen? So, hallelujah. All right? Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. And the eye can never say to the hand that I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet that I don't need you. Watch this. In fact, some parts of the body that seem the weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. This is what Scripture tells us. Oh, well, I can't do this. I'm not called to that. You know, I don't really preach. I don't get up and do this, that, and the other. I'm more of doing this or I'm more of doing that. Look, it, it, your calling, there's no like God's like, oh, yeah, you're only like this grandiose stage of like the highest level of apostleship because you're behind a pulpit with a microphone. Right? It doesn't work like that in the kingdom. Okay? And so what we're reading here is the Bible tells us that even the parts that seem like the weakest are sometimes the most important. So you say to yourself, well, 
I know that I love people. And so you greet people before service starts. And they had been battling depression and loneliness and not feeling accepted. Or maybe they were church hurt at the last church they were at. And the first thing they see is you giving them a big hug, telling them, welcome, I love you, God loves you. And it frees them. Right? And so what's the part that you play? You might not give a prophetic word on the microphone all service long, but you're hugging and greeting people when they walk in the door because you love people. So what's the part that you have to give to the body? It's your love. Right? We've, got, we've heard testimonies before of people that have come in, we've said their name, and they got deliverance and breakthrough just from recognizing who they were. So we can't say that I don't need you. I can't say I don't need you hands and feet, you know. So parts of the body that seem the weakest or least important, they're actually the most necessary. And the parts that we regard as less honorable are those that we clothe with the greatest care. So we carefully protect those parts that should not be seen while the most honorable parts do not require the special care. I'm telling you, sometimes your calling may look very like you know, right? Like that person's called, like you see it, they're operating in it. Your, my, yours might not be as, what's the best way I could say this, uh, as in front of the scenes as others might be. But just because you're behind the scenes doesn't make your role less honorable than that person in front of the scenes. And that's where comparison can come in and crush you. Oh, well, I'm not good enough because I'm not walking like that. Or, man, I wish I could preach like that. And it's one thing to honor the gifting on somebody. But when you start to clothe yourself with, oh, I'm not enough and I can't do what that person's doing, that's when you can start to see some breaking happen in your spirit. So God has put together such, uh, has put together the body with such extra honor and care, and those parts with less dignity have been giving extra honor and care. Now watch this. This makes for harmony among the members, so all members are cared for and care for one another. Harmony is unity, guys. We can't be divided in unity. It just won't happen. So as the church, as church members, as the church body, we are to look out for one another, but we are called to also live in unity with one another. I'm going to wrap this bad boy up. Follow me on this. We're almost done. If one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. And if one part is honored, all the parts are glad and are honored with it. All of you together are Christ's body, and each one of you is a part of it. Each one of you is a part of it. When one is, is broken and weary and sorrowful, we all we are sorrowful and we all suffer. And when we are honored, when one of us is honored, we are all honored. This is why there are times with, with me and Pastor Karen, we always like to say like, hey, this isn't a testimony just for us. This is for the house. This is something God has done for the house. Why? Because when you suffer, we suffer. When you're honored, we're honored. That's family. Right? When, when we got done with a soccer game one time, and man, little Kyla, man, she went berserk. She scored like five, six goals just out the wazoo, man. She was just killing it. And this one lady came over to her from the opposite team and said, honey, I'd go to every game just to watch you play. You did so well. And as a parent, I was honored. She didn't even look at me. But she looked at my little girl, and she told her how amazing she was. And as a parent, I was like, hallelujah, yeah. I felt so honored. I felt so giddy. I felt so excited. Because as my daughter was honored, I was honored. Pastor Karen said many years ago, you know, there used to be a lot of preachers that would, that would try to kill the bride. The bride, the church needs to do this, and the bride needs to do this, and blah, 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 blah. And they would just attack, 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 attack the bride as if somehow it was going to lift the bride up. And I remember 
Pastor Karen, my wonderful wife, she said, when you honor the bride, you honor the bridegroom. As you honor the bride, you honor the bridegroom. So when you honor one another, you're honoring Jesus and you're honoring the house. But not just that, but as family in harmony, we begin to see different things, different giftings in each and every one of us. See, now I know that Sandy can sing, so she's going to sing every Sunday, right? I see a gifting in her, so we're going to pull it out, right? But, but there's every, like, like as we grow in fellowship together. That's why I love meals. I love sitting down and eating with people because you get to learn about them. You get to learn who they are. Thank you, Lord. Ephesians 4.16 says that God makes the whole body fit together perfectly. And as each part does its own special work, it helps other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing full of love. I want everybody to raise your hand right now. And I want you to say, I have a part to play in the kingdom. Each and every one of you do. You all have a part to play in the kingdom. You all have a calling on your life that's going to help your neighbor and help me to grow in the way that I've called to grow. There are a lot of church cultures that everything goes on the back of the pastor. I'm thankful this culture is not like that. I know some pastors that are worn out feel they have to do everything. I'm so thankful that we're not in this culture. That here in this house, that we have individuals who will pick up slack, who will carry things, who know they have a special work to do, and they're not relying on man behind the pulpit to do everything. So if you're new and God has called you newly to this house, there's a part you have to play to help this body to grow. Why? Because the scripture said so. Not just because Pastor Johnny said it, but because the scripture said so. (laughs) Yeah, each part does its own special work. And it helps the other parts to grow. And this is what I'm going to close out with. I want you to remember that the church is the body and Jesus is the head of that body. Things that we do here at this house are not just because me and Karen are brainstorming like, that could work. Let's try that. It's coming from a place of deep seating, just sitting with the Father and getting the heart of Christ and saying, Jesus, your head, what do you want to do? It's prophetic. Look at the way that we're constructed. Everything comes from here, right? Move. Do this. It all comes from up here. The pain, everything, happiness, it all's triggered, so it's all coming up here, right? The way that you respond to something, it's triggered all right here. It's in the head. As the head goes, the body goes. So when people have head trauma, guess what? Sometimes their body doesn't work, right? So if Christ is the head, and this is where the church needs to get back to, is that Christ is the head, we're the body. We are not the head, right? Am I the shepherd of this house? Absolutely. I am not the head of this house. Jesus is the head of this house. So if I go home tonight and I get in the prayer room and Jesus is like, hey, shut the doors. Okay. I mean, I might ask him why, (laughs) but he's the head. Me and Karen, we're not the heads. Hebrews 10 tells us, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works, and let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is coming. Well, I don't need to go to church. Oh, church is bad. I was hurt at the church. Every excuse not to go to the church. I believe in coming to the church house. Are we the temple? Absolutely. 
But I believe there's something so special when we come together and there's a corporate oil and we all are bringing and we're, 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 destro we're, we're destroying our alabaster jar at the altars and at the feet of Jesus. I believe there is something so powerful about corporate gatherings. You weren't meant to do this alone. You were not meant to live this life alone. Iron sharpens iron. Iron doesn't sharpen itself. Just by itself. Will not sharpen itself. Iron sharpens iron. And so, beloved, as we continue to just go after God's heart and fellowship, remember, have grace with one another, have love for one another, and above all, have honor for one another. Connect, get to know, have fellowship, have a meal, because in that you have to understand there are things that you possess, there's things that you have that God has given you, a special work that this church needs and that this city needs to grow. Right? Had, we had lunch with Melanie and Daryl last weekend, and uh, she asked an amazing question that I would just wish everybody would ask. She said, how can I serve? Is there room to serve? And I said, there's shovels. Pick up a shovel and just start digging. There's plenty of areas to serve and to say yes. And that was such a refreshing, right? I, I want to serve, I want, you know. And this is the call for all of us, to serve, not to be served. How does the local body govern the land? By having fellowship with each other, by, by, by loving one another, by doing our own special work. We govern the land by putting in the work. We govern the land by picking up a shovel and helping to build and making this terrain, making this city look like the kingdom of heaven. Heaven on earth. Heaven on earth was the prayer that Jesus taught his students, taught his disciples. Stand with me. Oh, worthy. Worthy is the lamb. Whoo. Guys, I love you. You guys are amazing. I'm so thankful for each and every one of you. Uh, I just want to remind you, we're the body. Amen? Come on, raise your hand and say, I have a special work. Come on, and I have a place in the body. I have a place in the kingdom. Come on, you're not inadequate. Come on, tell yourself that. I am not inadequate. I am good enough. And 